Okay, welcome back. So last time that we read, we, we were in the middle of the chapter called Casper Arrives with a Surprise. And uh, Torrin's older brother, Casper, has arrived. He's been uh, being a roamer out and about. And uh, so far, it seems like the surprise he came back with was um, his, his partner, uh, his new partner named Maddie. And it uh, seems like there's a little distance between Torin and Casper now. Torin might be feeling a little jealous of Maddie because Torin wanted to be Casper's Romer partner. And also, we were thinking it was interesting that he mentioned a city and he's going to a city. And uh, it seems like Casper's a little, how they put it, was a little off. So we're, we're kind of learning more about Casper and he's kind of an interesting character. Okay, so let's keep going with, let's finish chapter 12, Casper Arrives with a Surprise. Here we go. The next day was strange and unpleasant. Casper sat in the big armchair telling stories about his adventures while Torin hovered around him asking questions. Lena listened for a while. She was curious about this work of roaming. It sounded exciting, like something she might want to do herself. But soon she got bored because it seemed to her that Casper never said much about the really interesting parts of his adventures. She wanted to hear what the faraway places were like and how the old buildings looked and everything that was in the buildings. But all Casper talked about was how brave and clever he'd been to find the things that he had found and what injuries he had suffered in finding them. Maddie didn't listen to Casper. She spent most of her time in the courtyard of the garden, motionless and silent, gazing at the plants, her arms folded across her wide waist. Every now and then she plucked a leaf or blossom, rubbed it between her fingers, and sniffed it. Once she asked Lena what a certain plant was. I'm not sure, Lena said. I only know a few of them. Then you know more than I do, said Maddie, flashing Lena an unexpected smile. But other than that, she said almost nothing to anyone. She didn't seem angry or unhappy, just off in her own world. Lena wondered about her, but felt far too shy to ask questions. After a while, Casper shooed Torin away, sat down at the table, and pulled some scraps of paper from his pocket. He spread them out and bent over them, and his jovial, boastful manner changed. He ran his finger along the lines of writing on the papers. He wrote on them with a stubby pencil, and as he did so, he frowned and muttered and mumbled to himself, words that sounded like nonsense to Lena, except for an occasional string of numbers. Three, five, seven, eight, he would say. She wandered up behind him and tried to look over his shoulder. After all, she had experience with torn documents and hard to decipher bits of writing. But Casper twisted around and scowled at her, holding away his hands or holding his hands over the papers. Private, private, keep away, he said. He wouldn't let Torin see either, so Torin sat on the window seat and sulked. Around mid-afternoon, the doctor rushed in the door, 
looking even more frazzled than usual. Her shirt was smudged with blood and her shirt tails were half tucked in and half not. I'm out of clean bandages, she said. Lena, did, did you do them? I need some and I need that lavender extract, a bottle of it. No, I'd better get two bottles. She hurried into the medicine room. Lena had forgotten all about the bandages. She dashed into the kitchen, pulled some rags from the basket, and tore them into strips. She took these to the doctor, who was on her knees rummaging through a chest. And, said the doctor, I'm going to have to make some mustard plasters tonight. You'll need to go out into the orchard and gather me some mustard flowers. I'll need a lot. Get the leaves, too, and the roots. I want the whole plant. She found her bottles of oil, thrust them into her bag, along with the bandages, and rushed out the door again. Lena felt her spirits sink down into her shoes. She didn't want to gather mustard plants. It was too hot. It was ferociously hot. She was sick of being hot, having her neck damp beneath her long hair and her clothes sticking to her back. She was sick of doing chores. She shuffled out into the courtyard where a few of the doctor's seedlings were drying up in their pots. She trudged to the pump, filled a bucket, and splashed some water on each limp plant. Then she sat down in the shade of the grapevine and leaned against the wall beneath the window and thought about everything that was wrong. She was mad at the doctor for giving her so much work to do and hardly noticing when she did it. She was mad at Mrs. Murdo for not moving them out to the Pioneer Hotel. And she was lonely. She missed being with people she knew. Especially, she missed being with Dune in the old way, the way they'd been together when they were partners in Ember. Now he seemed to care more for his new friends than he did for her. Every time she thought about him, she felt a thud of pain like a bruised place inside her. From the window just above her head, Lena heard Casper's voice. Not now, he said. I have to do some planning. I need quiet. The door opened and Torin stormed out. He threw a furious glance at Lena, but didn't speak. He ran through the gate and up the road. He's mad too, thought Lena. Everyone's mad. From inside, she heard Casper's voice again, startlingly near. He was talking to Maddie, who must have come in the kitchen door. Lena realized they were standing by the window just behind her. We'll head out day after tomorrow, said Casper, starting early. Uh-huh, said Maddie in her low, growly voice. All those stories about germs still lurking there, Casper said. They're nonsense, you know. Those germs died out long ago. No doubt you're right, said Maddie. They were talking about the city. Lena sat very still and listened harder. People talk about all kinds of dangers there, too, Casper went on. Bandits and so on. Doesn't bother me. Of course not, Maddie said. And anyway, even if there is danger, said Casper, it's worth the risk because of what we're going to find. You sound very sure that we're going to find it, said Maddie. Of course I'm sure. Aren't you? said Casper. The answer to this was just a grunt.
They moved away from the window, and their voices grew fainter. Maddie spoke next. Lena couldn't hear all of what she said, but she caught the words, How far? And in Casper's answer, she heard the words, Day's journey. Then she heard steps clomping up the stairs to the loft, and the room went quiet. Lena sat very still. Her bad mood faded. Other thoughts swirled in her mind. She was remembering the sparkling city whose picture she had drawn so many times. The great city of light, the city she had always believed in. Now Casper was planning to go there. It wasn't dangerous anymore, and it was only a day's journey away. She knew, of course, that the city Casper was talking about had been damaged, like everything else in the disaster. The beautiful, shining city she had imagined must have been this city in the past, in the time before the disaster. In her mind, she revised her vision of the city. Some of the high towers would have toppled and their windows would be broken. Stones from ruined buildings would have fallen into the street. Roofs would have caved in. But the idea that struck her was this. Maybe the people of Ember were meant to restore the city. Perhaps their great job, the reason they had come up into this new world, was to live in the city and rebuild it so that once again it was the glorious shining city of Lena's vision. This was such a beautiful idea. That night, she lay in bed thinking about it, and the more she thought, the more sure she was, and the more excited. Oh my goodness, that's the end of the chapter. What do you think is going to happen? Wow, I didn't see that turn coming. And doesn't that kind of all kind of click? I mean, ever since the first book, she's been drawing these pictures of the city. So what do you think? What do you think she's going to do? What's going to happen? Do you think it it really is meant to be that they're meant to go and fix up this city? Or is that kind of a distraction? Is that too dangerous? Do you think there's nothing there? What do you think? So go ahead and make sure you click on that link on the main page that says voice message if you want to leave a reaction or a prediction. And next time, the chapter will be called Taking Action. Whoa. Okay, until next time. See ya.